0: And welcome to Sutra Sidewatch, episode twelve. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is the real host of the Sutra.
1: Oh, damn, I messed that up right out of the gate. You're no Sutro. host, Sutra. <laughs> That's why I don't do this show. I'm also I'm the co-host of <laughs> Sutra Side Talk, Brandon from Apollo City Comics, and I'll own it one day. You know, yeah, one day I'll own it. One day, for sure. I got more for the show. What was that last part? I'll own it. I'm going to take over this Oh, I thought you said something. I
0: thought you said you'd own me. I was like, I don't think... Uh, oh, I don't no, know about that's, that.
1: that's way too much effort to try to go into. Yeah, I'm just you this.
0: can't walk me, bro. You can't. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm not like your dogs. <laughs> it's
1: too much of a, a intense podcast for me to take over. Polish but,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're, of course, uh, continuing our James Bond month with our second Roger Moore film, uh, which is our first time doing uh, two of the same Bond back-to-back, and it's The Man with the Golden Gun. Yes. I am. <laughs> I was You're like, say, I'm technically... like, he's going to say something, and then I'm... <laughs> I was going to say,
1: technically, it's the first time of us doing any of this, but in this instance, yeah, this month, we've already done a whole Bond month. Um, Man, The Man with the Golden Gun. Interesting. Yes. For sure. Uh, as always, I read the book, when we read the films, the Ian Fleming, Ian Fleming, uh, books only though. I'm like a strict, I'm like a cultist at that point, you know. Um, I want you to I, read
0: the young adult novels that I'm sure someone has published somewhere.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want to read young James Be Bond. Like there young is a young James Bond though. Is there like Young Indiana Jones? Yeah, there's a young James Bond. No, I, don't, I, I don't do wonder
0: like what manner of that. meshes <laughs> I can get myself into in these schools. Dude, <laughs> if that's true, and if it's still
1: like James Bond, but as a kid, like, was he like shy? And wasn't, like, able to approach women? That's why his confidence in his later life? Or was he just, like, still banging chicks, like, from, like, middle school on? You know what I mean? Just, like, as early as he could.
0: I didn't stop with my classmates. I got to the teachers, too.
1: (laughs) Every grade was a new boss.
0: (laughs) It was a reward to go to the principal's office. She always wanted to see me. (laughs) I don't. I don't even want to. Oh. It's like okay, I could do young Indiana Jones. I can't do young James Bond. There's the that's like yes, a night just, and day. I can't yes. do that.
1: Yeah, that's a that's another level of uh of just bondage right there. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Yeah. Sure. Whew.
1: Well, you know. Okay. Uh, I, I enjoyed the film. I I didn't think it was. The best one we've seen so far, definitely, by far. Um, but it was still a good film. And also actually, aged. Oh, God. Oh, God, has it aged? Some of these Bond films, you know, they just don't translate well. Like, I see... I don't know. And then Daniel Craig's still the best to me. Like, I think it's just the generation you grow up in and you have that mindset and you understand it so much better. And, you know, is this just... Dude, what a misogynistic film. Jesus Christ. Like, that's... <laughs> just <laughs> what I'm going with this. Like, yep. Dude, he banged a girl that walked in on him about to bang another girl and told that girl he was about to bang to go in the closet so he could bang the girl that just walked in and then just try to bang the girl that walked out of the closet.
0: It was for the mission, all right? It was part of the mission. He even says that too. It's like I got hey, to Yeah, I, I was just like, I mean, if he really wanted to, he could have said like, "Hey, here's this other person," because she was already risking her life for him. Like, I don't see what mm-hmm. difference would it it would have made at that point, if she's already making a risk that would get her killed. Like, it it I don't think it would have made a difference. But you know, he's Bond, so he's like, well, you know, I, I just ha I have to do this. Uh, it's. It's to in my contract. Yeah, it's in the contract. Um, when they hired me, it said, uh, <laughs> "Every single one."
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> no, every mission you need a, a a bad girl and a good girl. It's like part of the checklist. You know? Yeah. It just. But uh, you know, it was uh, gosh, I forgot his name. Uh, the little guy. Um, from. Knickknack. The island, Knickknack, dude. <laughs> McNack's the best character in this movie. I'm
0: not sure <laughs> he is. He actually and, is.
1: Just, he really is, dude. That first scene with him. Um, I don't even know where to start. Do you want to hear the differences between the book and the film, or do you want to talk about them a little separately? How do you want to? How do you want to flow this?
0: Uh, I mean, I guess we could start through it now, so we could like just talk about the movie itself as we go through the differences.
1: Okay. Well, let me give you the first difference. Um, and I told this to you in a message, but the film. Is about ninety. I would even go as far as like ninety seven percent inaccurate to the book. <laughs> like that's like so there's weird. James Bond. There's uh, was it um? Gosh, why am I spacing his name? Scaramanga. Uh, Scaramanga. Yeah, I had, like three different
0: names in my head. Played by Scaramanga. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. How Holy dope was shit, that? he was awesome. He he's Before that, really good. He was
1: just like playing Dracula stuff still. Like this was like a really good move for him. It was uh. But man, how how dope Christopher Lee! He's so I, young. Yes, almost unrecognizable, um, because we're so used to Lord of the Rings, Christopher Lee. Yeah, Again, Saruman generation. and Count Dooku, yeah. which yes. come hand in hand
0: with each other, really. <laughs> exactly. He's yeah. done
1: every great franchise. Um, no wonder that guy is loaded. I'm sure He's, he has some good stuff who, in his contracts. Like,
0: is there anyone who has more films than him? Like, I feel like he is film list is just bigger than anyone else's at this point. Oh man. Um,
1: I can imagine that because you know what he also does metal albums too and a Christmas metal album at that so I feel I'm like this man is just can do anything and everything in excess and we will all love it like you can't yeah. rest in <laughs> peace man was uh,
0: such a such a cool guy
1: damn so he's held some of the most iconic
0: weapons in like h- movie history
1: like Kel yeah. Dooku's lightsaber is one of the most unique ones um
0: it was and the first the... like non because it's like the prequels were brought in like double bladed and then the curved blade. You you never yeah. seen the curved blade before until that, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: All classy and elegant and whatnot, and then you have his staff in Lord of the Rings, and then the golden gun, which is like the cheesiest thing in the world because it's made out of like a matchbox and like a lead pipe and like these like it was like manufactured all weird and just looks
0: like such a when you actually look at it, you're like dude, this doesn't look like a good gun. No, <laughs> yeah, <at all. laughs> you're just like, are you sure that <laughs> the works? Fact... That he unscrews the nozzle and just tucks the bullet in there. <laughs> I mean, when it's got one screen. shot. Yeah. It's got one shot, but it's an insta kill, as they would say. Even though you know most bullets are insta kills if, as long as you know where to aim. But this one is just like you're dead. If yeah. I remember correctly, actually, uh, going back to uh, the game GoldenEye for N64, mm-hmm. uh, if you use the golden gun, that was also a one hit kill compared to all the other guns. You know, you gotta spray into somebody.
1: Oh my gosh, I, that sounds right yeah oh, totally sounds right Wow, cool man yeah. i mean honestly like it's such an iconic thing and it's so unique like fuck yeah i don't want to like you know what I mean? right what like. <laughs> but um okay so i there's not too much to go into this book you know honestly real fast it was ian fleming's last bond book the one that came after this octopussy and the living daylights are four short stories and it only comes out to less than 100 pages and Crazy. this was his first draft His first draft of the manuscript that he turned in So a lot of like The really intricate detail that he adds Into the books um, The really fascinating research that he does uh, It's always during like his second draft And so he didn't even get to do that Before he passed away So this was kind of like a clunky book to get through And some stuff happened But not like a whole lot happened It's really, dude uh, Sarah Manga, he is just like Kind of like a henchman, like he's just like a a good businessman. And bon- <laughs> just to show you how different these two films are, uh, Serangga doesn't know who Bond is until like like a three fourths through the book, <laughs> and then he finds out who Bond is, like right away. <laughs> That's like a huge contrasting difference. Yeah, because the whole <laughs>
0: thing of this one, it seems like he like they're like, oh Bond, he's hunting you, and it's like he's not at all until Bond comes on his radar but he had he knows about bond he like relishes in the guy yeah. who's like oh this is like a potentially the closest person to be an equal to me in terms of yeah. skill with a gun
1: mhm yeah that he knows who he is and he hunts down bond you know to like get him to come to him and whatnot like and this one bond bumps cool. into him in a bar oh bond is brainwashed after uh his mission in japan when that was the book uh the book right before this which was he only lived twice. He was brainwashed by the KGB, um, and he goes in to try to kill M after being gone for an entire year. And oh. then, of course, like they stop Bond because it's M sixteen and they're dope, and they have to like kind of just like reprogram him, <laughs> and then kind of give him an easy mission to get back into the game to see if he could still pull stuff off and if he's going to do anything. And he's very closely watched because even Felix is in this uh, book, and he comes in and saves Bond and helps him out. Um, and all this cool stuff he has his like hook arm and his prosthetic leg and everything oh right the shark yeah Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that Felix even gets shot and it's like damn dude you just never cut a break man you're just busted up but um he does survive though but uh, what's going on in this book basically Bond is being Saramanga's bodyguard while Saramanga meets with all these like elite people from all over the world, like some dude from the Europeans and then some dude from Africa, and just making deals with them on how to do stuff for a higher organization. And it's not said who's the organization that I recall. Um, and then Bond's just kind of just hanging out, and yeah, there's like a train scene, and then they have <laughs> a cool gunfight. Uh, Bond gets pinned by the snake, uh, the snake stake. And Saramanga, like, ends up cutting open the snake and even, like, eating out of it and whatnot. And it gets all bloody and messy, and it's just (laughs) so intense.
0: What? Wait, was the snake uh, medium rare or, like, how was the snake cooked? It was closer
1: to rare to medium rare at that point.
0: Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and just taking it in. It was – actually, it's pretty well detailed. (laughs)
0: The way you're describing all of it, though, honestly, I'm just trying to imagine it, and I'm just like – what yeah <laughs> so, dude it it's an insanely different
1: movie there's no giant island laser or anything
0: like which the, what, that was just a rant he was just like yeah it's a hobby yeah like in the movie <laughs> where there's a giant laser and you're like Ugh. this dude's not like a evil genius guy who's doing all this shit it's straight up like hey i'm on this island with two people on uh, a woman of course too so three three people besides himself mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like going in and out depending on what happens. But uh, it's straight up just like, oh, okay, he just uh, has a laser, but he's a hitman for hire. Yeah. But he has a laser to have the laser. There's no real explanation. He's just like, yeah, pretty cool, right? He like shows Bond and he's so excited. He's like, isn't this awesome? <laughs> and She's that's like, it. I am
1: because it's a sun it's like a sun ray or something. <laughs> He's like I am indeed the man with the golden gun. Like and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, this movie did have a lot of great lines." Like Bond literally held a gun and was like, "I will shoot you in the groin." <laughs> and I was like, "What?"
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah, to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's uh I think this one had better like cheesier one-liners than anything else we've seen, but they all work out so
0: well. They they definitely do. Um I I, did. Do they have the whole three nipple thing in the book? I
1: recall that being a thing, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess there's that similarity. And it's funny, Christopher Lee, like, he had to go in for makeup every single day and have to, like, get shaved so they could put the prosthetics and everything on. And then when you see the, the nip, what's the cheesiest looking thing in the world? It looks like it looks like, like, sh- it looks like shit. I'm being honest. Yes. Yeah, it looked really <laughs> bad. I was like, oh,
0: I, I was like, there really besides him going like, oh, I when he tries to the, he tries to infiltrate that place as Scaramanga. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides that, was that cool. was super that, cool. Yeah, but besides that, there was no there was no point especially because they already knew it was him but there was no point to that third nipple i was like you didn't really have to do that but
1: i feel like that's the way it was in the book because i just i think i recall it in the beginning um i'm kind of questioning myself now too because i finished the book like a week before i we recorded the episode and watched the movie and whatnot um i'll double check on that right now (laughs) but it's such a useless thing like you're right it's just something to, like, first identify him, I guess, because he's never been seen, right? That's the whole yeah. thing in the film. No one knows what he looks like. Uh, but this one, they're just like, yeah, that's him. This one, nice.
0: they even, like, I think at one point, he's like, oh, titillating. I was like, shut the fuck up. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I liked your puns in the last movie. This one, I'm just like, I'm kind exactly. of angry with you right now. Exactly. <laughs> i so, so... i don't, this. too much. Uh, but... Yeah, he's got knickknack though. So a new, new little sidekick, like henchman, and he—he's straight up like a little person, and he's supposed to be, I guess, French. uh he or... is French.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is
0: French too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I love that the whole idea of their relationship is he's pretty much like his manservant. Like he helps him with everything. He does a lot of the stuff for him and everything else. But he, uh, the whole deal, is that when Scaremonger dies knickknack gets the island he gets everything like it all goes to him and so the whole thing is like when he gets a challenge it's like it it kind of honestly this movie incorporates um what's it called the most dangerous game i believe the one where the guy the rich people hunt dudes on islands
1: i was gonna mention that yeah definitely that's the first thing i thought of yeah
0: yeah so it definitely incorporates that where you always feel like you know every now and again some top-notch gunsman will come in uh and either demand money or something or there's a hit on on him depending on what's going on but uh it turns into a whole thing of like oh you got to hunt him down and he's also going to hunt you down on his island and also Nick Nex working against Scaremonger at the same time it looks like he'll also mess with though the uh he'll make sure to mess with the guys that Scaremonger is going for so i i think actually he equally messes with both Men. Oh during yeah, this. he's
1: totally like the puppet master for a lot of that stuff. I bet he could probably screw over uh, Scaramanga at any at any point, you know. But he's just like, no, I'm not both play it out. And he, I, I felt like he messed with them both. Scaramanga may know the course a bit better, but either way, uh, real funny, trippy '70s set for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the lights and like the weird, I don't know, the design of it all was. There was a whole
0: incredible. Al Capone area. Yes. with like the the gangsters and the dude hunting him was a gangster so he's like yeah. forgive me Capone because he shot the I guess mm-hmm. like the statue that was of him. and cool he's day. like I don't don't cool. I guess it, the whole thing implies though he's like yeah he knows the guy yeah uh and then like Scaramanga goes for his gun and it's like locked and he's like ah, monsieur you thought it'd be that easy you know like you have to figure this out and god that was that was just interesting I, I liked yeah. it a lot
1: I really appreciated that uh, relationship there because it's not in a book at all. You know, that's a totally new character that they wrote on screen and it was great. Um, Dude, I just (laughs) at the very end when he drops on top of Bond and the girl, the way he goes, I kill you. I kill you. Oh, my God. That is the exact voice I make when my cat attacks me, when I give him a voice like to the T. And I just can't stop imagining T'Challa whenever he attacks me as him now. I should have named him Nick-Nack
0: and just been like, I kill you. I mean, it seems like from that situation, you're Nick-Nack and T'Challa's James Bond. So, uh, No, sir. I don't know. You're I the should, one saying I, I him kill
1: you. or is tuxedo. is, is Nick,
0: Wait, is is uh, T'Challa going I kill you or are you sing the T'Challa I oh, kill no. you?
1: no. No, T'Challa's saying that.
0: That's a, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. At first, <laughs> I was like, what was... <laughs> um, but I what was i gonna say for this it was interesting that the villains are one in this one they're more interesting than james uh in this because james is very much so james is also just kind of like a dick yeah he's yeah he's kind of (laughs) he's kind of an asshole
1: um you're absolutely right uh to the T and you know that's what made Christopher Lee so great for this is that he was the villain that was kind of cooler than Bond no matter what and he's taller than him he seems like he would intimidate Bond from the start and he could very easily replace him it's just Bond if he went in another direction in life you know Um, yeah and I even when they were listing the similarities of the dinner table and all that I was like you know this I could see the point here like they're the same man um, the same kind of ideals and presence and whatnot, and they could both do the same thing But um, Christopher. I mean, that's what made him great in the movie. However, in the book, you know, he's a cool, like, kind of suave business guy. But he's very easily manipulated. Um, Oh, really? He doesn't stop Bond even when he's warned that that could be James Bond. That they're here. They the rumors that are he's here and whatnot. Um, and he. It, it literally when he dies you're just like well yeah dude you fucking just let bond like listen to all your plans and like meet all your men and then uh goodnight even comes in and pretends to be his wife for a moment because they get busted and she actually almost dies he sees her like floating face down in like a pool of water oh she something.
0: she pretends to be james bond's wife or yeah
1: yeah because they get busted by Sarah manga and she had to make up a story and it, it was that's the thing he was so easy manipulated he was just Producing like business deals and having meetings in this like really high end hotel, and then there was like a train heist type of thing, and his death was just like oh well I mean yeah we all knew Bond was gonna kill you right now <laughs> you know, but he tries to do the whole like single man hunt thing and it just doesn't work.
0: Does it have does it have both of the uh women in the room at the same time like in the movie or no? Oh god,
1: dude, that's the thing. He's really not that misogynistic in the books, like not that I've read I mean granted I'm five bucks in and they're like scattered across the bond history so far but and yeah like he's like made love to girls and whatnot but I mean it's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing like what we see in these movies <laughs> it's a it's totally like, different bond
0: at least with George Lazenby, you know he had a scheduled time for all of them he was yeah. like you know nine o'clock ten o'clock eight o'clock It's <laughs> <laughs> <That is> ridiculous <laughs> Um, that that shit was still that was that, that was good that was that was like yeah. oh my god what are you doing and they all knew they all knew you could tell they all knew because you just talked to all of them at the same time mm-hmm.
1: yeah exactly it's just like one walks like out and one walks in like it's oh well that was a whole issue too is that they thought about bringing lazabee back because there were scheduling issues um because the stuff in cam um oh, the the movie was set to be filmed in Cambodia. And there was a lot of shit going on during that time of Cambodia's history. I don't know. I don't know So, <laughs> so uh, uh, the movie got postponed like a year and that was um, going to interfere with Roger Moore's schedule. And he almost didn't do it. In fact, the first like few weeks of shooting, it was just his double doing scenes. And then he got to come in and start filming his parts and whatnot. Um, but they were, they even considered like uh, Lazenby to like bring him back and do the movie. Even though... Roger Moore just did uh, Live and Let Die. So that would have been interesting. That would have been a weird switchover. I but think who knows it, if Lazenby would have done it.
0: Imagine if he did just go like, alright, so we had Connery, Lazenby, Connery, Roger Moore, Lazenby, Roger Moore. That would have been so <laughs> interesting. I would have yeah. been like... um, Well, that's okay.
1: a th- and I know we bring this up many times during the episodes, but there again, the continuity aspect. Like I always thought James Bond was just an agent name like the agent at that time because one bond is gonna die eventually you know what I mean they're gonna fucking die um or retire or something and then the next guy becomes double seven James Bond and then that guy dies or retires or goes missing and then the next guy and then at a certain time you could have two James Bonds out on the field because one could be MIA, one, you know what I mean but that was my whole philosophy until you and I had a really long discussion about the continuity of james bond over a span of like a week both of us just like messaging clues to each other and then the, the did you know a... <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like no really it ended with him it with and Halle Berry, and i was like oh, oh, oh okay yeah that makes sense
1: <laughs> yeah it's like it, it trips me out man like that whole aspect of the changing actors but everything's the same It's the batman problem that they had, like until you're an adult you're like oh batman forever is part of batman returns
0: it's like when batman val kilmer looks at the photo of him and alfred and it's like michael keaton and alfred and he's like checks out to me it's me yeah. right there yeah you can tell <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like exactly. oh, what? Fucking... <laughs> let tim burton do these <laughs> yeah
1: so i mean that would have been a crazy thing about it um acting and you know uh, wise and whatnot but uh I don't know Roger Moore kind of this film was rushed you could tell the writing was not nearly as strong as live and let die and that's because uh, there was two writers on it um, because they had a trade on and off Uh, the first writer just couldn't get the story down and he just couldn't get it like just couldn't wrap it up he just was he was stumped, and so then he left the project and they hired another guy and then he wrote a part of the script and then he left and then the old writer came back and there was all sorts of stuff like even production issues because they ordered like 200 you know when elephants go in races they uh they have to wear shoes so when they film elephant like stampedes and stuff they they give them shoes and they ordered 200 pairs of elephant shoes for the elephant stampede Mm -hmm. do you remember that scene
0: yeah 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 of course You, you always have elephant shoes and but, so like, the- there
1: wasn't, like, a huge thing in the film about it. It wasn't even written into the script or anything. They had these elephant crates
0: and just, like, everyone was like, what are these for? <laughs> There's no. There was elephant- a elephant for a second. Yeah. And then that was it. There was no other elephants. Used <laughs> and so
1: with them switching writers back and forth, there was, like, all these weird kind of, like, ordering production stuff. <laughs> shoes like that. Like, we didn't need that many shoes. Like, that's crates of elephant shoes. You know what I mean? Um, but what else was going on with the production? I think that's all I can remember. That, I mean, that's
0: that's it, fine for that. She's, uh, and you know, you know, it's like still directed by Guy Hamilton, who directed *Live and Let Die*, and then one of the writers was the same writer, uh, Tom Mankiewicz and go, Tom, then yeah, yeah. And then Richard Maybaum was the one that joined in for this one. And the whole thing is like, which one was the one that was originally on and which one did they bring on after? It's hard to say at least without like, you know, further details and stuff. But, uh, otherwise for more intensive purposes, like it's the same crew as the last movie. And, you know, they switch off completely after this. Like they're not there for any other Roger Moore movies. It's just these two oh, really? and the last Connery movie. Yeah. And oh, so wow. it's really three movies only, only three. Mm. And, and this was the third and final
1: one. And I feel like that they stopped doing it for a reason because that would make sense because right after Live and Let Die, MGM and the studios were just like, hey, that movie was amazing. It did great. Like, go make another one right now. Like, <laughs> go go start the next Bond film. And they based it off of this one because it was the... I, I don't know if there was a particular reason, but I guess just the aspect of The Man with the Golden Gun It was marketable. And it being Fleming's last book... um, that probably was their decision making at that point. And they just totally rewrote the film and had to do it so fast and just pump it out. So it's like, no wonder, like as the last book, wasn't absolutely phenomenal. This was definitely not phenomenal. They both needed more time and care
0: and some adjustments. Good times. Good times. Um, the music. So, you know, we're coming off of the Beatles Live and "Living Let Die," and we get this instead. And, uh, you know, it's not the Beatles, of course, but <laughs> I will say, for some reason, it definitely has a better occurrence than the Beatles does in the previous film. So the right. actual yeah. song itself doesn't, you know, compare to beat the "Living Let Die" by the Beatles, but when they use it throughout the film without any actual vocals it's just like the orchestral like that that beginning chorus where it's really strong they use that so many times as like a theme of the movie and it works so well where i actually liked it a lot and i'm like honestly i i just want (laughs) i'm sad to say but i'm like i honestly want a version of this without any vocals i'm like i just want the orchestral of it because it just sounds really cool uh it, it was really enjoyable
1: I was gonna say I really like the orchestral part, but I wasn't crazy about the vocals. Like no. I, it, like, kind of made it, Tchaikov, kind of made it more memorable and whatnot, uh, or less memorable. I mean, um, just give us the music at that point, like, or just find another singer. It's really like not the most memorable Bond song that we've come across so far, uh, and like you said, especially writing off of the Beatles. Like, you got to get something to kind of keep our attention and top that. Like, <clears throat> what year did the film come out? Um, It was 1973 or 4. Oh, I was gonna say 4. I was going to say 1974. So, let me find out. Ba-da-ba-ba. It was 1974. Because Live and Let Die was yeah. 1973. There you go. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know who was big in 1974 to do that. Honestly, anything was probably better than that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But But otherwise, uh, yeah. Who else? I think –
1: oh, it's cool. They had Mary Goodnight in this one, and her role is significantly different. But I –
0: Is she in other books or just this?
1: Ah, man. She might be in another one because they – At least so far, you
0: haven't noticed her in anything, right? Exactly. Because what they do
1: in the book is that they meet up. He knows who she is, and he's kind of lonely. He's just like, I'm going to hit up Mary Goodnight. I know she's here. And he does. He has, like, dinner with her and whatnot. But she's still that. an
0: agent, right?
1: No, they're all white girls.
0: No, I said agent. Oh, oh, I, I thought you said Asian. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, they're all white girls. I was <laughs> like, what? Bond, I was, <laughs> no, she, she can't work for MI6. She's too white. I was like, oh, um, <laughs> um, I, I have uh, to yeah, break she's, it to you, dude. It. Everyone <laughs> there is white. <laughs>
1: she is still an agent in the book because uh, she's the one that relays Bond information on some stuff. And that's when they get caught in Bond's like hotel room by Sarah because he's been listening in on Bond because he wasn't sure if he could trust him. And they come up with the whole excuse. And they're like, oh, yeah, you were hiding in the shower with – hiding in the bathroom with the shower on. That's, you know, an old trick. And he was like, we were having sex. So what? We were banging (laughs) and trying to play off this character because since he had to be undercover too. That was probably, like, the most misogynistic thing, but it was, like, an excuse. They didn't even do that. You know what I mean? So, But it was a – she's really cool in the book. I I kind of enjoyed her on both ends. But in the movie, like I don't know. She, she was cool to an extent, but then when she got, she's captured, just a, she's
0: a thirsty girl.
1: Yeah, I feel
0: so bad for her, poor girl. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. What do you think about her? Out of all the Bond girls,
0: not memorable, honestly. Like yeah. she was just kind of there. Um, I definitely had more, at least so far with what we've seen of the ones we've seen. Uh, I'm trying not to include the ones we've talked about yet, but it's like you know, Ursula. Uh, i'm trying to remember her name from uh on her majesty's secret service um oh yeah Um, because she was honestly she's still uh probably the best one uh tracy i would say between tracy and solitaire are probably the best two so far solitaire from the previous film and then tracy agreed for sure
1: Um, top rankings but for sure
0: i think tracy's still number one because she straight up leads people on chases like she leads bond in the car chase she's driving the car she's also staying on top with bond during the ski chase that goes forever yep. uh whereas solitaire is more like oh god i don't want to die here <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh no crazy. you you, yeah. you begged me now i get lost my powers Um yeah. but otherwise you know the other is like she still does the second best i would say so yeah, still Tracy no, reigns number one.
1: We'll try to make a ranking and see what fans think online too. Is that
0: also situations. chauvinistic? Is that still? Is that? I mean, it's it's
1: your preference of Bond girl. Like we are addressing her ability to kick ass and get herself out of situations. You that know? is true. Do we
0: do we have to rank all of them, or are we just trying to do like a top? Five or something like what we were trying oh, we're to. What we were trying to. Do, we'll figure know. this out. We'll talk about you know, it. We'll now. figure this. This is gonna be years <laughs> in. This is like you know. This is like gonna be after like three years of the show. Once we get through all the movies, then we'll do it.
1: Well, this is year one. So yeah, that's year true. one, and then year How do you beat? How, how do you
0: beat Vesper you know? though? Like how do you beat Evergreen? That's sweetheart. So once we get there, you're like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, shit. I know
1: exactly. <laughs> Damn, we should even have it. That's just the winner. That's just. Uh, that's
0: I don't it. Know. We it's welcome. Thanks <laughs> for coming to the top five. Yeah. <laughs> oh jesus okay uh karate dude i, I gotta say um because we get introduced actually sorry to an asian agent technically mm-hmm. uh and because <laughs> we-, we like said no and then yes but uh you know the agent <laughs> that helps james out during that whole uh uh during that whole thing i forget what his name was i think it was like uh the actor's name is soon tech O, but it was uh he plays hip i want to
1: say yeah i mean the cool thing about him is that uh when he was asked to if he wanted to be in a bond film um he grew up uh watching the bond films when he was a kid so you know he's a young guy when this one came out um and then he was like i'm not going to be the gardener i'm not going to be the butler i'm not going to be the cook (laughs) i'm not going to be this and like all these low roles that you know at that time it was harder for a lot of
0: asian characters are just supporting roles or the help uh, yeah i mean hell like a king kong charlie the potato cook yeah look at um home size
1: from dr no uh coral <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah oh yeah yeah these yeah. So, just don't match up on a certain extent
0: yeah they're not utilized in any way and then if they are they get off pre- They watch live and let die look what happened in that yeah <laughs> so, yeah that exactly. didn't bode so well uh they were either all bad or uh die because they did all die <laughs> So.
1: And he straight up said, "I'm not doing this," and um, that's how he got cast as uh this agent. And he was, it was just like it was insane. Like I'm, I'm so fortunate to have a role like that. And I was like, man, that's that's so sweet, but also heartbreaking in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's cool that he got such a literally just a kick-ass role. Like I loved every scene with him. Just taking he did, and he and didn't you know,
0: die. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: Uh, I did like so. I wasn't expecting, because if I remember correctly, it was in Thailand, right? That was where the country, that was the country it took place yeah. in? Yeah. So, you get, like, that whole Bond getting captured at the, I guess, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, high Fats, uh, like, compound or whatever, like his place of residence, that mobster type dude. And he's like, oh, don't kill him here. They're about to kill him because everyone's statues. So, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, these aren't statues anymore. It's Knickknack uh, and two sumo wrestlers. And you're like, what? Oh, okay. So, two sumo wrestlers are going to fight Bond. In which I think Bond gives one a wedgie or something. Yes. I was and then really he's...
1: confused. I had to rewind that scene to be like, what just happened? Because it looked like you had to really pay attention to the angle. Because it looked like he was either grabbing his wing and, like, twisting it. But then you realize that he is giving him a super wedgie. and I think it's it like squeezing
0: them. his balls. If any, It's like, right. yeah, it's hurting his balls. And it's like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> that happens. And then Knickknack just beats him on the back of the head uh, and goes in for the kill. And they're like, not here. Take him to school. And you're like, the fuck is he school? Mm-hmm. And I assume school isn't in uh, the-, the school we are speaking of isn't in the book either, right?
1: no not at all. okay whole entire ninja scene was, it's, dude, it, this book uh, takes place in Jamaica <laughs> again
0: <laughs> that was pretty similar all right so uh it's <laughs> fucking completely different you know Atlantic Pacific same thing right it's the same thing yeah. uh I can't that's so fucking weird uh the whole thing there is like oh, okay so we have a karate school and they are there's you can legally kill someone there i guess so it's like you see two dudes fight and one just is dead and it's like oh okay so that's how they're gonna kill james through combat uh just in the dojo and stuff Mm -hmm. and so he knocks out the first dude without even starting like he just fucking knocks him out and then he tries to fight and then gets out of there And that's when, you know, Hip shows up with his nieces. And James is like, oh, get behind me, ladies. I got this. And then they're like, get the fuck out of here, old man. And they start kicking ass completely. And you're like, what? (laughs) And they're in like schoolgirl outfits. And they're just all of a sudden like going at it. And Hip is also kicking ass. And he's like, oh, sorry, James. I forgot to mention uh, they, they went their their, uh, father is a karate instructor or something like he owned, he runs a karate yeah. school and they were like in the car with him earlier where they're just speaking. I think it said it was speaking Mandarin. I could have sworn, I think it was Mandarin, uh, it, at least what it said would was translated to, but I could be wrong cause it was Thailand, which makes things even more confusing. But, uh, yeah, it, it shows like, oh, they're just laughing and all this stuff. And you just think they're like two girls out looking for fun. And then they're like, oh, no, we could just do all this shit. And then they get into a car and they leave James Bond behind. Yeah.
1: Dude, <laughs> the whole scene, I was just like, you just helped him just to, like, just stop helping him at that point? Like, you could just... Well, they tried it. He was like, too like,
0: slow, dude. He should have gone yeah. faster. He's super, James Bond ain't that good. And this one, too, we got another boat scene. I mean... We did get scenes. another boat scene, and this time, though, guess who was back, dude? I told you, I told you he was back in one of them. I knew it was this one because as soon as I realized it was the same director and writer, I'm like, you know, you can't have a Roger Moore James Bond movie without Sheriff J.W. And Good. if you don't remember who that is, if you didn't watch the last one uh or listen to us the last time, we talked about this. Hick sheriff, who's like, "Well, I'm the sheriff around these parts," and he's just the most obscene man. And he is on vacation with his wife in Thailand for some reason. And he's like, "Well, I know who that boy is," and he sees James, and he like, they get into a car together because I think like he's looking to buy. For some reason, he's looking to buy a car in Thailand, even though he probably doesn't live there. He's just on vacation. And James and him, James gets in the car, hijacks it, and he's like, I knew it was you over there, secret agent man from <laughs> yes. the from England or something. And I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Yes. He's somehow like, I don't know, he's kind of dumber in this one than the other one. He slowly pieces stuff together. And he's just the comedic relief that you're like, I don't know, we could have had a leader in here, but you know what? We got the American.
0: Yeah, we we, we definitely got the American. We're getting the best of America, guys. This is, a, uh, Or at least this is how they perceive America, I guess. I'm not really sure. But it's also... I don't think we get anything else like this except for these two movies. I don't think we... Oh, well. Like, we never get a character like him, but I don't think we... They go for that just slapstick comedy ever again. I could be wrong. I,
1: I mean, not that I recall, but I haven't seen a whole bunch of them, so we'll be finding that out more and more. Um... No, I mean, it's unfortunate because there's so many scenes that, like, they could have put Felix in. And yeah. And he could have, like, really kind of – he was in the last movie. Why not use him again? But um I don't know. Again, like I said last time, he's been recast so many times. I guess they can never get, like, a consistent, like, actor for him to continue being that person. But – <laughs> the outfit that uh, the sheriff was wearing—they literally just told him to go to Macy's and like buy a whole bunch of like bright-colored button-up shirts, and then he was like, and they were all made from Bangkok, which was hilarious. And I was like, man, you're ridiculous. <laughs>
0: like, why are you saying that's, that? You know, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: just that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not even—he's not even acting to a certain extent. But uh, I mean, that's that's cool. I'm kind of curious. You know, we're we're watching The Living Daylights next, and I mean that's going to be Kate because it's a short story, um, and we'll have a new actor. But I'm curious how the tone will change. Like, it's shifted so much just from Connery to Roger Moore. You know, Connery was very still in that psychedelic kind of vibe, that Austin Powersy type of mode. I I feel and um. To Roger well, Austin
0: Powers, I think. I mean, Austin Powers is based off of him.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like. <laughs> i was like what um, um but uh but more sean connery than like any of the other bonds you know what I mean? yes like, yes but with roger moore now we kind of have i don't know the last film felt somewhat modern in a sense like 80s like but this one seemed to like dive back back down to the sean connery level
0: well we also i will say i, I guess in terms of just like yeah the style of Really, when you're talking about it, it's really in the style of how he treats women for the most part. Um, but also I noticed the difference between Connery and Lazenby and more, in which it's really like they're actors and you can kinda of tell what kind of tone they're taking. Where Connery is straight up Scottish and you're like, Oh, okay, Bond's pretty Scottish and stuff. Yeah. And then Lazenby is actually an Australian actor. And he still can imitate it fairly well like just without the whole connery like like you're not getting that kind of thing (laughs) uh but you you can feel the similarity there very much so Mm. whereas roger moore is just straight up english and you do feel a different take where you get that that english sophistication in it more so and you're like oh wait this is much different yeah
1: yeah it feels like a whole new man for sure compared to either one of them yeah um, and you're right I, I really didn't consider that aspect that this one is much more English than the other ones and just to confirm James Bond is of Scottish uh, descent it is confirmed in the book Skyfall also oh in Skyfall also yeah Yeah, been,
0: but also uh, in Under Majesty's Secret Service like they'll do the whole like yeah I go back to this clan or whatever and stuff and, and he wears like, a oh. kilt doesn't he yes he does yeah. wear a kilt he yeah. does indeed yeah. and then one of the girls <sighs> puts their hands up his kilt yeah <laughs> Or they attempt to, and you're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but, I don't know. I mean, this film it also seemed to like really carry on. I mean, they had to add that entire ending scene just to show what happens to Knickknack and have his little revenge moment. You know what I mean? Like, and then he gets caged. He literally
0: gets caged. Yes. Which I get it because the whole thing is he's going to inherit the island, yeah, and uh goodnight somehow blows up the island by by throwing a man into (laughs) a reactor uh causing the temperature to rise uh he just dies on impact too it's just like i'm dead uh (laughs) oh no he she knocked him out and then he probably drowned from just being knocked out that makes more sense but but still like it went from oh i get to inherit this island and everything to oh it's all gone Uh I want my revenge. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. You literally ruined everything. I would have been fine if you just killed Scaramanga and left. Like that would have been okay. But instead, you had to take everything away. So, you know, I get it. He's in he's in the right, honestly for (laughs) for for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he gets thronged at the end again because he gets caged, (laughs) put out (laughs) on a boat just in a cage, (laughs) and he's just like, "Well, guess I'm here now." (laughs) And it's I don't know.
1: It's the typical Bond ending. He's in bed with a girl. But honestly that's the way the books end almost all of them is him like not even in bed but just like hinting that they're gonna be together for a bit um but for the final i don't know for the final bond book it was still worth the read i feel still good okay. stuff yeah still like i haven't read a bad bond book so far like these are all really well written and i'm glad that they i'm glad that they didn't do with like you know they did this with lord of the rings uh the similarian where they had, and with Dune too, but well, Frank Herbert still uh, was still alive. But uh, when Tolkien passed away, uh, his son took over and finished writing The Similarian. And yes. I thought that's what they would have done with Bond and just had, you know, someone touch up this one a bit. But it's literally just still Ian Fleming. It's that well written that the his first kind of manuscript was just slightly edited and the book you know that's remarkable i think that's super badass he really had a grip on the character and it was 14 or 13 books in and the last thing we get is just a handful of short stories from him um crazy stuff you know crazy amount of work and it's it's i I was thinking like what if an actor pulled off 14 bond films Hmm. Would you be Would you be cool with that? Like a uh, actor going that long?
0: I mean, even so, that means they would have to do that like every year. That would become like, I mean, I guess. I mean, Iron Man was Iron Man for ten years. Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man for ten years. If you think about it, yeah. So I mean, but it depends. He,
1: he, he didn't do fourteen full length films. You know what I mean? No, he I did guess, not. <laughs> uh, it'd be like or like an animated like series of this. I think it'd be. Phenomenal, you know, um, and just really capture the essence of these books because I think there's a lot being missed out on here.
0: Actually, that. Robert Downey Jr. was in like nine films, if I remember correctly. He was in like yeah, nine, so it's sense. close. Yeah. I mean, if it was, so that's the thing; they would have to film these every single year, or film them back to back to back to back. Yeah, uh, kind of like Lord of the Rings, where they filmed all three at once, so all the actors were there the whole time for the most part, or at least the ones that were like in all three so if they did that and like take small breaks in between but otherwise that person's then living there but I mean they could potentially if you I really they think could about, make a TV
1: it, show about it and make every book like four episodes long
0: they could have done that but also honestly if they wanted to make those movies if they did like uh, 14 movies if like depending on how fast they do it like think about it. James Cameron's filming four movies back to back they could do like a bunch back-to-back, take a small break, and their post-production's just, like, kind of catching up as they go. But if they just treat it like that, then, honestly, you can get 14 movies done in the span of, what, like, six years or something? You think Maybe Amazon less? could pull that off?
1: I bet no. Amazon could pull that No?
0: No, no. No? Because that's, right. that's a lot of money they'd have to throw into that. That's a lot of money. But they... You we really think it. they'd reboot? Uh, that's a that's a conversation for. I mean, okay, so <laughs> if Amazon wanted to reboot it, so that means like okay, after after uh, No Time to Die, you think they they would reboot it and just go, hey, we're gonna do the books again, and with Look one guy, do
1: the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like they're going deep.
0: It I mean, is true. Boys,
1: you know what I mean? Like they have they have everything kind of coming out. And if they invest into some bond like a TV series, or like you know films, dude, I think they'd break the bank subscription wise, and then still put them out in theaters. I'd still go see it in theaters. I would
0: rather see it in theaters than on Yeah. yeah. So then they're um, shipping
1: in, into that market with MGM. Oh, oh. I I think that'd be super cool. That's why I think it'd be a really cool thing to see someone pull it off. And then they're like, "You're under contract," <laughs> but they might you know or maybe they get tired of an actor or something happens and they do this to which i said and it's just like it's a new bond but i don't know that kind of messes with it because he still has a scar across his face that happens really early on to him and he has that throughout his
0: entire career in the books Hmm, that would be interesting that they would it would be interesting especially if they reorganize the order of the movie like have them full like because it's we've talked about it before the the movie order and the book order is completely different yeah so that would be very interesting indeed Mm -hmm. i don't know i guess i guess we'll see what happens like that that's gonna be something we definitely can talk about at i feel all right then everyone's gonna order
1: their books off of amazon like what i'm doing right now
0: do you want to just like straight up like after uh no time to die comes out uh, I feel like, you know, there's, there might the be rumblings Bond. of the next Bond news. So, like, during our Bond episodes, we can kind of do a small update and be like, hey, here's what we got so far Yeah. Uh, the, uh... at the end of the month or something. So, like, we'll wait till the final episode of that month and talk about it. And then it'll be like four months later, you know, we're doing February and then June. And then we're like, here's the update so far since then uh and just talk about it there too we'll do that, it we'll do it that'd be, we gotta, interesting. We gotta be on
1: top of this we're gonna be invested at that point I've, oh man
0: i've read so much
1: damn bond this year <laughs> i mean there, there's so
0: much i need to do too like uh I, I there's so much more i feel like behind the scenes history of these films i need to get into besides also getting to the books finally as well but not just for these movies but just all the movies we cover so like I hope like to show my own improvement through these as time goes as well. Being like, Oh, I've been doing more research, blah blah, blah instead of just being like, Yeah, watch the movie and then uh, I like to like these things really fast and like trivia and website be like, Oh, here's ten things you didn't know and it'll be like, <laughs> Oh wow, that's so interesting. So it'll be It'll be interesting to get get more of that in for sure.
1: Oh, and speaking of trivia, uh, Roger Moore and Christopher Lee were like old acting buddies. They already knew each other, and at one point they even shared a dressing room. And they were just trying to break into the industry and like get gigs and whatnot. So they went up that ladder, and then they're fucking in Bond films together. How cool!
0: That's pretty cool, yeah. That's pretty I like dope. that yeah. But oh,
1: man, that's honestly that's all I got on this one. I got I got, got, I got nothing I else. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh it's not the greatest for sure um it's still fun though that's the thing it's still fun and it's, you can't take so that away from it like yeah um and it has the bond ele- if you want a bond movie if you just want like a James, this is the james bond movie if you want just like to summarize what james bond was like with for Sean connery and what we've seen so far i feel like this is kind of an ideal movie because it's like it has all the elements like every single cliche bond thing it's in this film like it's maybe the most generic bond film we've seen the island the giant laser the madman the the girls like the whole entire plot like the Oh, everything it just it had it and that's what makes it cool you know they really pulled it off
0: yeah and I, I will say too like uh i mean at the same time Scaramanga is like his equal in terms of just being that kind of guy like yeah. he, he's the same type of style, and at the same time, like it, it it goes to show you, it's like, hey, just stand still like your own statue, and then you'll be able to win anything, right? Because that's, that's how it goes in the movie. Just stand still and act like you're not really there. Oh, you shouldn't have James Bond statues in your lair, and then hunt James Bond in your lair where he looks like his statue. So then you get tricked by your own statue, and then your statue shoots you. So, yes,
1: <laughs> dude. Well, okay, that was another thing. Um, Talk about like the clumsiest move Bond has ever made that we've seen so far was just dropping his gun and just rattling down. And even he's like, "What? how the fuck did that happen? Like, what kind of rookie mistake? Even he knows that. But then like all of us are just like, what is he going to do? How's he going to get out of it? And Uh then he does the turn, you're just like, oh, fuck, he did do it. Like that was that was just great. That was a good move. I was sold. Um, Yeah. From clumsy yeah. to honestly, genuinely, like you knew they were gonna do it. You know, what yeah. I mean? Like the moment it happened, but you just didn't know how or when. And it just—it was smooth. It, it was.
0: It was very smooth. Uh, but with that said, I think that's everything. But also, I just want to say too, we're gonna be coming back next week with. We're just skipping a, over a decade because we're in 1974 right now. We are going all the way up to 1987. We're getting into late 80s next week with one the first of two timothy dalton james bond movies the living daylights and there's right. only two so he he did one more than Lazenby, b but a lot less than the others uh but it'll be cool to do his first one in the same month that'll be it'll be fun just seeing the different tone as well because it's exactly. like a whole decade later over that, a decade later
1: that's what i mean by that you know i wonder how things are going to shift over i'm really excited um I'm going to be... It's a short story too, so it's like 20 pages.
0: Short story for a two-hour, 10-minute movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But of course, Brandon, where can people find you?
1: Uh, Check out Apollo City Comics on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and then we have all of our other social media networks, but those are our primary stuff. Hit us up there. Apollo City Comics Podcast. uh, Like, subscribe, tell your friends, learn about some comic book stuff. And Comron, where can they find the other assortment of sutroness
0: so of course you're already here on sutra side talk listening to this show but of course uh there is the actual sutra side talk show itself a weekly show where we talk about a uh, gaming movie tv show news and what we've been watching and playing uh if you check it out now we just finished up a lot of e3 coverage which is just in two parts uh honestly it was not too much, so they're pretty short episodes compared to the other ones normally, I would say. Uh, we also have The Cut of Steel, which we should already have our eighth episode out now, our Shazam's episode, uh, so you can check that one out, both of us are on that, and hopefully soon we should have a new episode of Up To It, Down To It out, which is a show I do with uh, friends from school, and we usually talk about a specific topic. It's usually something different than the last episode and the next episode, but this one will be. I believe we're going to do it on D and D, so that'll be fun. Uh, but of course, you can find us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Sutra Side Talk, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at GogoComzilla. And nice. with that said, guys, we will catch you next week with more Bond and hopefully less uh, less just the chauvinistic bullshit (laughs) yeah we'll find out about that yeah we'll see what happens in the 80s that's the scary part (laughs) yeah it really is but alright so long everybody see ya
1: I just had the biggest adventure on a walk ever No, I uh, I, I typically take this route so the dogs will, like, go to the bathroom real fast. And I was, like, halfway through it, and I was like, fuck, yeah, we're making good times. Spock already pooped. We're not even halfway done. And I was like, dope. And then this, like, homeless guy was just like, that's a dope backpack. And then I was just like, dude, it's fucking cool, right? And then I was just kept on walking, and then he kept on talking to me, and I was like, yeah, it's fucking rad. And the homeless people around here are super chill, so I'm, I'm always kind of cool with them. Um, and he's just like, it's like fucking Star Wars. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then I kept walking. I was like, well, that was one distraction. Cool. And then I turned the corner and I was trying to dodge that guy. And I guess he went around the block where I went. So we met again. And then he met up with another homeless guy that was like, hey, check out that guy's backpack. It's fucking dope. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's my fucking cat. <laughs> Peace the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> so then I was like, trying to fucking hustle. And then I'm approaching my fucking block. And then this crazy lady that lives down the street with this evil chihuahua was walking down it. And if I know him, I can't walk the same way as her. Her chihuahua goes crazy. She has like a two-faced face. It's really scary. And so then I went through the alley. <laughs> yeah. And I went through the alley. And um, I was coming through the alley. And my neighbor was uh, leaving. And I was like, Yeah, later, man. And fucking continue. And then he was like, hey, I-, I had to ask you. You do a podcast, right? Like." And then he fucking wanted to hang out because his boss wants to start a podcast. And I had to fucking schedule a day. And then I'd fucking come back inside and fucking give the dogs their medicine and shit. (laughs) My back's all sweaty. And I was like, I gotta get high again. So I did. So I'm good. I'm set. 100%. Ready to go. Did you hit record yet? I recorded all that for you, so you're already good. So when you listen back, you're gonna be like, sweet.